first of all, I like the movie. It's oh, great. a great one. And my first question goes a little bit deeper. Um, what inspired you, what motivated you to become a filmmaker, especially in the horror movie genre? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I... Um... I'm not really one who went much to the movie theater, but I, uh, I, my parents bought a VHS player back in like 1982 or something. Yeah. And I grew up watching videos and a lot of them were horror movies. And I had this uh, habit of uh, trying to get a hold of horror movies that were not legal in Norway. Like uh, Evil Dead, for example, which is a very normal horror movie. It was not yeah. allowed in. What? And uh, I remember we couldn't get a hold of Dawn of the Dead and all these classics from yeah. the 70s. And it was so exciting to find those. And I really fell in love with horror movies through watching everything I could get over in the video stores and even really, really bad horror movies that, uh, you know, <laughs> to the classics, obviously, like The Omen yeah. and The Exorcist. And um, uh, so... Uh, I did a, when I was uh, about 15, 16, I think, I did a horror movie um, about a person who gets um, possessed by a Ouija board. Oh, okay. uh, when I, It was like a home movie that we just met him, but it was a full uh, 90, 80 minutes long, I think. Yeah, cool. And uh, so I've just been, I just love the genre uh, my whole life. Do you have a personal favorite horror movie? Yeah, uh, tons. I mean, uh, I don't know if I have one, but I think if I was going to have to single out one, it probably lands on Poltergeist. Oh. Uh, because it's just, it is also fun. It's a scary movie that is, yeah. has a sense of humor. Uh, the characters are really funny and they're really, and it's also a very beautiful movie uh, where the scares are not just scary. And, um, uh, and I think, you know, The Exorcist, The Omen, the, more recently The Conjuring, um, Six Sense, and you know it's, and you know the classics are the great ones. Yes. yes. Mm. And other question: Can can you tell me you made a lot of uh, short films, and how difficult is it to make a short film with a with a low budget, a horror movie? I mean, eight minutes are not so much time to make to build a suspense suspense yeah I mean I, I still think that if I was going to give advice to a young filmmaker or a student or something it would be to do just that make a short horror film okay. maximum 10 minutes I think one to really watch and understand how simple it can be is Lights yeah. Out there is a Swedish short film that became a big Hollywood horror film yeah, yeah. Lights I, I, Out I, yeah. I and it's I think the, the short is like three minutes long But it's really, really scary and to the point. And I think there are tons of great horror movies like that. Uh, I was part of, um, I kind of executive produced a short called Polaroid in Norway that was became a yeah. Hollywood yeah. horror film yeah. as well. Yeah. And uh, that is also a really great, sharp little horror film. And it proved, and his career, you know, he just did uh, Child's Play. Yeah. Um, so there is, I think that is a really good uh, way to break in. And I think you can, if you have five minutes of screen time, you can create something suspenseful. It just yeah. needs to be really clear. Read about Hitchcock, how he creates suspense, yeah. you know. 
but it's difficult. I am a filmmaker, a young filmmaker. I study uh, film, yeah. oh. filmmaking and directing. Uh, I think it's a little bit difficult because I don't have the budget to make uh, some scary uh, CGI. But it does, I don't think that matters. I think it's about suspense and storytelling. It's about where you put the camera, yeah. how you, what the story is. I think you give you a room like this and it could, you could create a really great little suspense. I think, it's, I think horror is all about suspense. It's not about CGI. It's not about anything like that. I think it's about... Um, coming up with an idea that is clear enough, that is interesting enough, and shoot it in an interesting way with good actors. Good actors is essential. Don't use your niece, don't use your family members. Go find a real good actor. That will elevate uh, whatever you're doing so much. So. And how did you find your actors, especially in Trollhunter? I mean, we did it in casting. Um, Uh, we uh, we cast the lead. He was a very famous uh, playing the troll hunter. He was a very famous stand-up comedian, but he had the attitude that I wanted in, in the troll hunter character. But he'd never really acted in a movie before. Oh, okay. So we needed to go find. Um, uh, but he was great. He, he really, you know, he knew how to perform. He knew how to memorize the lines. He knew how. It, it was kind of him, the character. So that was. It. But the rest were cast auditions and we did these kind of chemistry reads where we put several actors together in a room and they would play scenes and we'll see how they play with each other because they needed to be a group of friends so yeah and how did it work i mean you made a lot of short movies before troll hunter and how did you get the budget for such a um, huge movie like like, like troll hunter um I mean, uh, I, it was kind of, uh, I made, I kind of lived off of commercials, basically. I made a bunch of commercials. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough, I never made any in Germany. Uh, but it's, uh, and then, so that was a professional, I kind of became professional through doing commercials. Yeah. I did a couple of shorts. I did one short uh, that was a comedy just before doing Troll Hunter. And then I, um, and, but the thing is I had, a, I had an idea that every, you know, I think it's a good idea. The idea of Troll Hunter was a good idea. Yeah. So I went in and I pitched it to a, a famous producer in Norway and I told him, this is the idea, it's going to be a great movie. And he's, he loved it. So he's the one who got the money, I didn't. If it hadn't been for the producer, the movie would never have uh, gotten made. So it was lucky. I found the right producer, he got the, he, he got the movie, he understood what it was. And we were able to make it. So it's, it's unfortunate that there is a lot of luck involved. That's, yeah. uh, but if you're persistent, yeah. eventually you'll get lucky. <laughs> if you keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good, good advice for me because... <laughs> no, it is. I mean, you, persistence. Every, I'm working on a, on a couple of movies with um, some producers now and they've struggled for 10, 15 years to get these movies made. Yeah. They've just again and again and they collapse and they want to try them again. Um, and, uh, and maybe finally we're going to get to make it. The persistence is crucial. So um, after Trollhunters, after the big success of Trollhunters on festivals, uh, How did you get involved into the autopsy of Jane Doe? Because you didn't write the story. And 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, um, I remember walking out of, I was in LA, and I remember walking out summer of 2013, walking out of The Conjuring, and really thinking, this is a great horror movie. This is a classic horror movie done with re in the real way. Not, you know, at that time, we were a little bit done with the found footage style and stuff like that. And this was a really good horror movie. And I wanted to read horror scripts. And eventually, uh, um, a friend of mine in uh, my agency, he sent me this script it's called The Autopsy of Jane Doe. You have to read it, he said. And I spent a month. I couldn't. I had. I was so busy with stuff. I didn't read it. They're they're interviewing directors. You have to read it. They're interviewing directors. <laughs> and I sat down. Okay, finally, and I read it. And I read it in 45 minutes. And it was so scary. It was the most terrifying thing. And I immediately called him. Get me on the phone with the producers. And um, they were. And I knew the producers already from another project I was working on. Oh, okay. So they were already interested in working with me. So then we had a good conversation. I made a big document. I spent a couple of weeks putting together this presentation of what the movie was going to be. Yeah. And I sent it to them, and they loved it. And um, that was that. In a way. Yeah, and, and I think there were a lot of challenges uh, you have to go through because uh, the Jane Doe character, uh, she didn't uh, blink with her eyes the whole time. How did you get this match? Wow. <laughs> no, I mean, it is a, here's the trick. That was a lot of CGI. Because we, um, uh, when we shot her, we had, you know, we had the camera here. She's lying on the table. We had the camera there. And we told her, lie as still as you can, but you can't blink. So she blinked whenever she needed to. But then we went in afterwards and removed the blink in, with CGI. So she's, and we even went in and we fixed muscles and we fixed up because there is, when you start to look at a, a person like that, you see that even little muscle movements you don't really notice are alive. Uh, you know, something happens. There's always some little twitch somewhere that happens. So we had to go over her entire face and body with CG, like three, four hundred shots and, uh, and clean them up. What really fascinates me on your movies is the CGI looks so real. I mean, the trolls, uh, now the characters on scary stories to tell in the dark. I mean, how did you get this managed that this looks so good? <laughs> I, I mean, it, I've been lucky with, again, with the people I've been working with have been amazing. On Troll Hunter, we had you know, everybody in Norway who were working on it wanted to make the first troll movie because the trolls are so important in the Norwegian yeah. culture. Yeah, I know. So they, um, they really did their best work ever when they did that movie. And then um, on Jane Doe, it was all, um, I had, the ama again, amazing collaborators who knew how, were very preoccupied with making it real. So it's about the people you surround yourself with that can help you because I can't do this stuff myself. I can only yeah. say that needs to be better, that needs to be done like this, that needs to be, you know, I can help push, but, and also of course on, um, on Scary Stories, I have more money yeah. and you have Guillermo del Toro who knows yeah. monsters like nobody else on yeah. the planet. <laughs> of, of <course. laughs> and he would be flying to Los Angeles and work with the, with the designers of the creatures while I was preparing the movie in Toronto. Wow. So he would fly there and he would help me uh, communicate with them and tell them, you know, and work with them on the details of the skin and changing just little amazing uh, details. Um, so that was a 
fantastic. Uh, and then the CGI, the company that did the CGI fixes on little things that were yeah. around. Yeah, they worked with Guillermo on The Shape of Water. Yeah. So they did the, the fish man in oh. that movie. Oh, cool. So they did an amazing job um, making just these little alterations when we needed it. And how did you get involved into this project, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and to work with Giuliano del Toro? I mean, <laughs> like you said, he's yeah. a mastermind. Yeah, no, I don't know how I ended up in that situation. I mean, what was funny was that uh, around Christmas or January 2016, he had uh, seen, or 2017, sorry, January 2017, he had seen the autopsy of Jane Doe, and he put out a tweet, oh, okay. how, much he, how much he liked it. And I was okay. like, okay, oh my God. And then six months later, he decides not to direct Scary Stories because he was supposed to direct it himself. Yeah. And he had said to the other producers in the studio, what about Andre? I love his movie, The what? Autopsy of Jane Doe. <laughs> cool. So they sent me the script and suddenly, <laughs> they didn't talk to anybody else. <laughs> so it's kind of like, it's just one of those things that you can never predict. Yeah. So. Oh, that's, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. What an opportunity. And how was it to work with him? Is it really like that he know exactly in which direction the movie should go? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't, re he let me make my own movie. He said, oh, cool. yeah. He totally said, um, you're gonna, because it's, I have to make a thousand decisions yeah. without him. So, yeah. because I'm the director and that's my job. So, uh, he said, you, you're gonna make your own movie and it would not, you know, his version of this movie would be very different. Yeah. It would be, you know, you can kind of imagine the world he builds is so unique, yeah. it's so Guillermo, and they, in a way, they all connect. Whether you see this film or that film from him, all the way from Kronos to Shape of Water, yeah. there, is, there is a unifying universe that is entirely Guillermo del Toro. And if this was one of his movies, it would be different. It would just, so, but he helped me a lot. We would have conversations about every little detail um, on the characters and he would help us. We would be touching up the script and we would sit together like this in a room and and the writers would be tweaking stuff and we would be discussing stuff. And, and in the editing room, he came in and we'd, I'd finished my director's cut, which was longer than this. And he said, okay, let's, let's see now. We want to make this even sharper. So give me three days. And he sat with us for three days and we cut down the movie by 20 minutes. And, uh, and it's really became, I mean, I was like, okay, we took out a few things that I really liked, but... Yeah. In the end, it was a better movie. So it was a really good process. Yeah, and also the characters, I mean the kids, how, how was it to work with them? I mean, they're so much younger and I can uh, imagine that's a lot of trouble, I, I think, to, to work with uh, much younger actors than you worked before. Yeah, but they were so easy. These were amazing actors. Um, uh, they were so professional. They were as prof I mean, like Zoe, who plays Stella. Yeah. She was as professional as an actor three times her age. She would come on set completely prepared. She knows psychology. She understands how to how to make it into acting. 
Um, we would sometimes, sometimes I would not even give her really good direction. I would just say something, okay, we gotta fix that little thing. And, and she, okay, I get it, I get it. Let me do it again. And she did it again. And uh, it was, um, and they would come up with their own, with a lot of their own stuff. Um, again, it's all about costing. I think uh, somebody, probably Woody Allen, I think said, uh, you know, if you, if you cost right, 90% of your job as a director is done. And I think there is a lot of truth to that. Um, it's, uh, the actors are invaluable to making a good movie. Yeah. Um, can you tell me uh, scary stories to tell in the dark? The books are like uh, child books, like, I mean, Goosebumps for me or Tales from the Crypt. So yeah. can you tell me how difficult was it for you to make a more child-friendly movie than your other movies? And Autopsy of Jane Doe is not really for children. <laughs> no, no, that's an adult horror movie for sure. And my next one will be a very adult horror oh, movie. Cool. But it's, uh, this one is, um, uh, I mean, Troll Hunter was a very light horror movie. That was, in Norway, it was 11 years age. Whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was kind of a, a comedy. And, uh, and I think that, uh, no, it wasn't a problem at all. I had fun because I think it's all about creating suspense. Yeah. I think to create gore and guts and blood and violence, you don't, yes, you can do that, but you can also have a lot of fun making it scary without it. To create tension and scares and mood is one of the wonders of horror. It is, uh, it's a layer that is on no other genre. Yeah. And I think uh, that has no age range. You can do that on a, I mean, Disney, you can find that in a Disney movie. You know, it's, mm. just, about, it's just about how you, how far you go. And um, um, and I think, uh, no, I had a lot of fun creating a, a horror movie for young people. I think that was a perfect thing uh, to do. Yeah, that is what I like most about this film, because more movies and go blood and more yeah. blood, like, like that. So how do you see the future of the horror movies? Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, it keeps, they keep engaging with the audience in a way that I'm thinking that thrillers, when I grew up, 90s yeah. and stuff like that, there were a lot of thrillers in the movie theater. They're pretty much gone because they've become television. The thrillers have basically gone to television. Yeah. And what's left is big superhero spectacles at $200 million dollars because they're extremely big. And then you have horror movies that are, um, that are feeding the audience or giving the audience an experience of a, a community experience. And I think that's, um, uh, I think that is all, uh, I think that's going to be there. I think the audience is always going to crave that experience. So I think the horror genre is in, a, is in very good shape. We just have to keep coming up with fun, original stuff. Um, that you've never seen before. You just have to keep reinvigorating. And every once a decade, I think that somebody seems to find a way to renew the horror genre. Like you could say that the, um, the splatter movie had its time, the, the slasher movie had its time, the zombies had their time. Now we had the found footage genre coming off of Blair Witch Project and into uh, all kinds of other films. And then 
these days it's more elaborate horror movies it seems from the conjuring onwards it seems to be more story driven horror movies so it's i don't know it keeps changing but there are also a lot of sequels and yeah. you for example did not a sequel in any of your movies i mean no. all of your movies have an opening can you imagine to do a sequel of scary stories to tell in the dark or is this story for you and like your other films an opening i mean troll hunter i was done with when i made it i didn't have any more to say i mean yeah. we can you could tell stories about trolls all day long in a way yeah. but it wouldn't be anything new and uh, Jane Doe is kind of a stunned story as well and then but scary stories has a hundred little stories yeah. it's different so we can easily create another movie it was kind of meant to be several movies as there were several books so if we come up with a good story for the for a sequel I will be very happy to do it and how difficult was it to find the right stories for this movie I mean like you said there are hundreds of Yeah. Stories. I mean, I wasn't part of that process, but Guillermo and the writers did it, and they yeah. kind of basically took the hundred stories and uh, did an American Idol kind of contest and uh, got it down to five, ten stories, and then they put them in. You know, they weave them into the script in a way that I found really great. It was such a fun way of doing an anthology kind of story, but with an overarching um, main narrative which I thought was wonderful. Yeah, I, I also think that the movie is not like an anthology, it's more like a closed movie. Yeah. And how difficult was it for you to bring these stories uh, together? No, I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of all, re all in the script. Um, we just had to focus on making sure that the creatures and the characters, especially the creatures, were like in the books because they're as famous as the stories in the books yeah. the drawings are really amazing I mean they're art but, um, so that was a big thing to to get but it's more about creating all the, the flows and the ebbs of, uh, of a story so that when we go into like uh, a horror scene if you will yeah. that you come out with a consequence that there is results from them so that the characters have learned something somebody has died or something has happened so that in the next section of the movie there is reaction to that there is a consequence um, so you kind of have to just make sure it flows and hangs together in a way yeah, yeah and another question can you tell me um, have you seen images of how do you create or make this movie when you when you read the script I mean, I get images in my head, obviously, um, uh, but very, I'm very realistic when it comes to movie making. I know that yeah. whatever image I create in my head when I'm reading it, it's going to be something else when you get to this. <laughs> when you, you're going to end up in a room that you've never seen before, and it's going to be nothing like what you had in your mind. So you have to just kind of stick, focus on the story and let the world evolve and try to push it... Um, Uh, and be balance the realism against the uh, against your ideas. Um, but I mean, a lot of directors like I think Ridley Scott and Guillermo uh, 
they draw and they create these images. I don't really do that. I just kind of focus on the on the stories uh, and let the movie evolve in a different way. These are, I consider them artists. I'm not. I'm just a storyteller. <laughs> they're like uh, Guillermo and Ridley Scott and these uh, a lot of other filmmakers. They're amazing artists. They see images in a different way, and I think. Uh, um, yeah. So no, it's all about uh, finding a balance between realism, what, what, how it is to make a movie, because it's always compromises. And last question: Can you tell me something about your future projects? What we can we expect from you? <laughs> uh, I mean, right now I'm uh, preparing a movie called The Long Walk, which is based on a novel by Stephen oh, King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wonderful book. I'm really scary, but in a very different, in a very different way. Um, and it's uh, we're going to shoot it next year, uh, early next year, I think. So we're just in the starting, starting to prepare it. So that's that's my next movie. But also, I have a movie coming out um, next year that we already shot. That's called Mortal. Oh. That is a Norwegian-American uh, co-production. Um, that is a completely different type of movie. It's not a horror movie. Oh, okay. It's a grounded superhero-ish story about a guy, an American backpacker who comes to Norway to discover. He's a, uh, he has a, Mer a Norwegian heritage, and he's discovering that he also has powers related to the northern mythology oh, okay. that he. Uh, that he doesn't know how to control and it becomes a mess. Yeah. So I, I can see your fascination in nor northern uh, myths and fables. Yeah. Like, like trolls. And yeah, and the northern mythology. And yeah, it's, uh, I would love to make movies about these kind of big cultural things we have in Norway as well. So, thank yeah. you. No, and my pleasure. I'm happy to have this long conversation. Yeah, no, it was fun. <laughs>